Welcome to the Advice and Insights Podcast with David L. Bonson. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Advice and Insights Podcast. This is David Bonson. I am the Chief Investment Officer at the Bonson Group and we appreciate you listening. We um, really want to kind of reinforce the purpose of, of this podcast is to kind of tackle a special topic each week, do a little bit longer form um, coverage around a special theme, something that we think is very pertinent to investors, something that will be somewhat informative to those interested in the study of capital markets, to understanding investing better, understanding the economy. And, And so we do our Dividend Cafe podcast. It's usually somewhere around 10 to 15 minutes each Friday. Um, and it is kind of a mirror or, or very heavily correlated with our weekly Dividend Cafe writing. This podcast is meant to kind of be above and beyond that, which is a lot of different snippets and sort of, um, you know, Reader's Digest coverage of different topics, all of which, by the way, we think are really uh, important. But in terms of the... Um, in terms of this podcast, it, we really want to to make it deeper dive, a little longer form, and we would love for you to review it, tell us what you like, what you don't like, what we should be doing better, and of course, subscribe, not just uh, simply checking out the website, but if you're willing to go subscribe into whatever you your player is, your iTunes or Google Play or whatever the case may be we that subscription base helps us and gets our uh, our our ability to disseminate this uh, improved so housekeeping out of the way let's uh, give you some advice and share some insights the subject this week um, is this incredible theme and I would even call it a sort of obsession for us if you haven't detected the obsession then I can assure you it has been there and maybe we're doing a better job disguising it than I thought, around the term CapEx, which is basically a short-form version of capital expenditures, which is another way of describing business investment, those companies being willing to expend capital on their own growth, whether that be uh, new uh, inventories, new equipment, new technologies, new facilities. Um, It is buying fixed assets uh, and goods, capital goods, machinery, etc. necessary to to, you know invest into the future of that of that business. And business investment overall of which capital expenditures is a subset Um, has been the singular element in the formula that measures GDP growth, gross domestic product, our overall economic expansion, the singular category that is most held back GDP growth since the financial crisis has been the very moribund capital expenditures, CapEx. There has been um, an incredible hesitation from corporate America to invest into their own growth and development and productivity and innovation. And we think it is an extraordinarily important topic 
for a number of reasons. And I kind of want to explain it to you today. So you're in for a real treat. Um, by the way, speaking of real treats, next week I am scheduled to uh, interview Ron Barron of Barron Funds, the kind of small cap equity manager. Uh, he is someone we work with closely at the Bonson Group, but also has just sort of become a legend in the business over the last several decades. And so um, that we want you to look forward to that. We really want to try to do as many special guest interviews, both from other people within my team and other portfolio managers we work with. Um, and other thought leaders in the business of investment markets. So, uh, you know, this is a kind of a special one. We'll look forward to, to that. But uh, in the meantime, today you're stuck with just me. So sorry about that. I think that the narrative needs to be flushed out a little bit. Why do we care about CapEx besides the obvious reason that you want to see companies yeah, tomorrow, meaning in a year, in five years, ten years, have properly invested today in their own future position. That that goes without saying for a number of reasons, but it actually has very specific and tangible relevance right now. The theme goes a little something like this. Let's call it nine years into a bull market. We kind of bottomed out in the spring of 2009, and since that time, you had a couple of years that the economy was still struggling dramatically and yet stocks were going higher in anticipation of the recovery and anticipation of the fact that corporate profits were not getting worse and in fact stock prices had oversold as a result of the uh, financial uh, crisis. So uh, it was perfectly rational, very historically common, makes all the sense in the world that sometimes you start to get stock price improvement before the economic improvement um, because markets tend to overreact. And so then that uh, the good amount of percentage money is made uh, as you're recovering from that kind of overreaction. But then you started to get some modest economic improvement. The recession ended, and we began a period that lasted the bulk of the Obama presidency in which GDP growth was positive, meaning it was not still in recessionary or contractionary um, conditions, and yet basically never really got above 2%. On an annual basis, they had a couple quarters here and there that looked pretty good. Particularly in the last couple of years, there were a couple quarters that even were over 3%. But on an annual basis, was really never able to stick um, anything that was indicative of a new era of, of economic expansion. And in fact... Um, you you had this uh, very, very low level of business investment that was holding that GDP number back so that we ended up measuring the entire tenure of the Obama presidency as delivering less than 2% real GDP growth on an annual basis. Pretty much the lowest over the last uh, 70, 80 years and particularly low when you consider that we were coming out of a recession where oftentimes um, restorative years post-financial crisis can be um, 5, 6, 7% uh, just because of the kind of gravity of getting back to some equilibrium in the economy. We never really got even to that historical level of catch-up work, let alone anything more sustainable and growth-oriented. 
And as I said, the biggest reason for that from an ingredient standpoint was the lack of business investment, most manifested from a lack of capital expenditures. So I would argue that there are two reasons that right now, in the context of corporate tax reform, that you really want to see uh, CapEx uh, as a big uh, element from corporate America, what they plan to do with their newfound uh, additional cash. The first one is shorter term and, and very important, but also I would hope a little obvious. And that is that each company's capital expenditure is some other company's revenue, okay? So when company A has to go out and spend a bunch of money on new factories, there is a company B who is receiving the money the company is spending and building the the factories or the parts, the construction, the machinery, the various elements that go in. There's a whole kind of invisible hand at place and a whole bunch of economic actors who are receiving money that represents their source of profits and their own businesses. Now you go, okay, well, that's just even zero sum because one company spent, one other company brought in. So yeah, there's greater revenues here while some companies are spending. But in the micro, uh, excuse me, in the macro, it just sort of washes out because one company spends, another company receives. But that isn't actually the case because what the company spending the money is doing is adding fixed assets to their balance sheet while company B is growing their own revenue and company A is presumably not doing the CapEx unless they see a greater source of revenue and value creation that will stem out of the CapEx unless they're just spending the money for the sake of spending it, which we would assume they're not doing. So what you're doing is you're setting the table for company A to have their future revenue higher because they are making the investment into what is needed for more sales, more market uh, expansion, more you know competitive advantage, more inventory, et cetera, into the future. So you get you get a kind of benefit in two different ways. But what you really get in, in capital expenditures as a use of cash, more so than even the other categories, all of which, by the way, I would defend, whether we're talking about companies that spend money on debt reduction, dividends, stock buybacks, uh, one-time bonuses to employees, whatever the case may be, it would be our argument that there's very little multiplier effect to those things, even though they're all... Um, you know, quite uh, uh, worthwhile in their own regard and have a, a, a very important role in the process of capital allocation. But no, I think that um, the multiplier effect, meaning where you get the most leverage throughout the economy, is greatest through capital expenditures. And the reason is largely because of what I've already shared that you are getting the new widgets and factories, technology, software, hardware, vehicles that will grow business sales into the future while you're simultaneously giving revenue to other companies who then are able to reinvest into their own businesses and expand that invisible hand, all of which is called the multiplier effect. Um, it, it becomes more than just a transaction between an investor and it be, let me put it this way, it becomes um, 
not just a sole transaction, it becomes multiple transactions that, that permeate throughout the economy. And then that investment becomes the basis for future profit creation and overall uh, growth. So it is uh, the supply side aspect of tax reform. We already know, and anyone who, even people who are really critical of the tax reform package know that there's a stimulative effect that will take place from the tax reform that has already passed. It's roughly $800 billion that you will uh, see come through the economy from a combination of the lower tax rates, the repatriation, and the instant expensing of uh, business investment. But what you want for sustained business growth, besides the kind of immediate impact you would get, what you want to, to see something that the market can have more confidence will be perpetual is CapEx because it leads to that longer term benefit um, on the supply side. And so I think that businesses have not trusted the sustainability of business investment, that conditions would, would uh, sustain long enough. Whether it was, you know, their fear of, of excessive debt, of government regulation, of, uh, you know, interest rates moving, there has been some reason that has curtailed the incentives for businesses to invest in their own success and own future. And to the extent that we see capital expenditures increasing, we see businesses not just stating higher degree of confidence, but acting on it and creating an economic multiplier effect that will lead to, I believe, a new inning in, in this bull market that we've been in for quite some time. Um, now, it, uh, is this capital expenditure all nice theoretically, but, but fantasy land? Um, no, it is, um, it is something that is right now going very much from fantasy land or from hope into actuality. And we got to continue to monitor and see how it plays out. But you have, in terms of year over year, S&P 500 companies increasing their capital expenditures 21% in the first quarter versus the first quarter of last year. Massive, massive increase. Again, largely driven by the, the, the corporate tax reform. But you also see both with uh, non-manufacturing and manufacturing estimates, the ISM, the Institute of Supply Management, has had doubled their estimate of, of capital expenditures in the non-manufacturing sector and tripled, more than tripled, their estimate in the manufacturing sector. So to the extent that this activity is taking place, looks robust, um, we believe will, will uh, renew vigor uh, throughout the uh, economy and, and ultimately reap dividends. So yes, the term probably gets overused. Um, you, may, you may be tired of people using shorthand for a longer phrase like capital expenditures. The vernacular may be annoying or whatnot, but I think that that term is one that you wanna hold on to because it's at the core of what we believe will take place, which is um, the short-term benefits and then being parlayed into longer-term benefits, all with a multiplier effect and, and we are excited to see it play out. Now, we understand the risk, but we need to continue to, um, to monitor data and, and look for holes in our narrative and be willing to be flexible should things change. So that's our take on CapEx. We really encourage you to reach out with any questions 
and and we'll be in a position to answer with detail we have a significant amount of charts if you go to market epicurean market epicurean.com um, i've written a more extensive article on this subject that should be getting published anytime today and has a couple charts and other things that might be useful and other than that i will let you go but we will uh, uh look forward to coming back to you next week with uh, Ron Barron, and and we may have another edition here in the near future as well. Advice and insights, uh, please check it out. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening to our Advice and Insights podcast with David L. Bonson. The Bonson Group is registered with Hightower Securities, LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors, LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities, LLC. Advisory services are offered through Hightower Advisors, LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk, and there's no guarantee that the investment process or the investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance, and it's not a guarantee. The investment opportunities referenced herein may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced herein are from sources believed to be reliable. Any opinions, news, research, analyses, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. The team in Hightower shall not be in any way liable for claims and make no express or implied representations or warranties as the accuracy or completeness of the data and other information or for statements or errors contained in or omissions from the obtained data and information reference herein. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced. Such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of the team and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors, LLC, or any of its affiliates.